0: stories, big guests, the big picture. Afternoons with Rob Breckenridge. Weekdays 1230 to 3. 770 CHQR. Okay, so this is a weird one, and I guess it would have been even more weird or at least even more awkward had this individual prevailed in the 2017 municipal election. Uh, but Calgary police say that uh, Nimra Amjad, 32 years old, is not a Canadian citizen and was not eligible to run in the election, but she did. She ran as a school board trustee candidate, was unsuccessful, and is now facing charges, uh, which includes signing a candidate's uh, acceptance form that contains a false statement and making a false statement for a purpose related to an election. So police just gave an update uh, a few minutes ago. Following the story is uh, Brody Thomas with Metro News. Brody, thanks for making some time for us here. No problem. How are you? Uh, Very well. So how did this all come to light? Do we know?
1: Um, Well, uh, according to police, uh, someone tipped them off uh, a few weeks after the election. They they brought forward... Uh, concerns that she might not be, uh, that Nimra might not be a Canadian citizen. Uh, and so they got the uh, anti-corruption unit to start looking into this. Um, they said it was a bit complicated. It's taken them a while to get this far. But um, today they've laid those charges.
0: So how, what, what did they uncover? I guess it it's, would be fairly straightforward in determining whether someone is, is a Canadian citizen. So they've concluded that she is not.
1: That is what uh, they believe right now. That's that's the way they're putting it. They believe she's not a Canadian citizen, uh, and so as you said, it's uh, when when you uh, apply to run in an election, there are several forms you have to sign. Um, one of them is a candidate acceptance form, um, and so she's been charged with one count of making a false candidate's acceptance form, and the other is making a false statement uh, for the purpose related to an election. So uh, they said that. Uh, they, it's not very often they uh, study or look looking to investigate uh, election fraud. Uh, Jeff McQueen, who is with CPS anti-corruption Unit, said he can only think of one other case.
0: Is that right? And so okay, so this is the police side of the investigation. There are some criminal charges that would apply here. They're saying what, what are city officials saying or elections uh, officials saying about, about all of this?
1: Um, so uh, still waiting to talk to them. Uh, also still waiting to hear if uh, the Calgary Board of Education, uh, if they're going to uh, make any comment um, yeah it's uh, it's interesting it, it, what 's interesting about it is I did talk to um, Laura Hack, who was one of the other candidates. There were four candidates uh, in the um, in the ward the uh, three who ran against NimRA uh, Althea Adams won uh, Laura Hack was only six hundred votes uh, behind Althea. Uh, Nimra came last with 5,000 votes but obviously there's plenty of potential for vote splitting there uh, so Laura indicated to me she would like to see uh, a by-election held, she'd like to see this run off again uh, just for the sake of fairness because there is a very real possibility that any, either of the other uh, two legal candidates could have uh, defeated Althea in this Well
0: that's interesting, so that would be up to, to the city then? Do we know?
1: Yes, so uh, I guess we're waiting to hear if if that is a possibility, if if uh, something like this could trigger a by-election, uh, we'll we'll have to wait and see.
0: Yeah, it would have been a lot more awkward if she had won the election, but still, uh, maybe a, an argument to be made that it it did have an impact.
1: Yeah, I mean, there's no doubt it it could have uh, it could have gone any other way if if she had not had her name on the ballot. Uh, there's there's no telling what could have happened.
0: All right. Very interesting. Uh, More at uh, metronews.ca. Brody, thanks for the update here. Appreciate this. No problem. All right. There you go. Brody Thomas with Metro News is following this story today. So this all comes out after the election. Police get a tip. So somebody knew this. I don't know why they waited until after the election uh, to report this. Or why this wouldn't have been caught in the first place. I mean, I realize you are swearing a legal statement. yes, I'm a citizen, yes, I am eligible to run in this election. So if these allegations are true, what was this person thinking? That no one would ever notice? So, very strange. Now, this person was unsuccessful in her run. However, some of the candidates, as you heard, are wondering what kind of an impact this had on the, the final results. That if this person had not been on the ballot, where would those votes have gone? And could it have swung the election in a different way? I mean, it's not an unfair question to ask. So it leaves city officials, even though they avoid the embarrassment of having to remove someone from office, dealing with the question of, well, do we need to do this over again? So Althea Adams... As Brody pointed out, Athea Adams won the, uh, won the race for awards three and four with just over 9,600 votes. Laura Hack finished second with just over 9,000, so about 600 votes. Uh, Nimra Amjad had 5,707 votes. Now, she finished fourth, but 5,000 votes in a race that was decided by about 600 votes, uh, that's fairly significant. How many of those people who voted for Nimra Amjad might have voted for either of the frontrunners? Are these people who maybe just voted because they really like this woman and wouldn't have otherwise voted? Would they have voted for another one of the challengers, Kim Tires or Laura Hack? Would they have voted for Althea Adams? Obviously, we don't know at this point. But yeah, I mean, that's that's a troubling question for the city, so... We've got the word from police on what they've uncovered and their decision to lay charges here. We need to hear from, from city officials now as to um, how are we preventing this kind of thing from happening? And what are we going to do right now that we had someone who shouldn't have been standing as a candidate who did anyway and might have tipped the election in a certain direction? So uh, I think that's going to be one to follow. All right. Well, speaking of the election— now, as we all know, on city council as a whole, all the incumbents were reelected. There are obviously some new faces on city council because there were some open seats, but otherwise the incumbents did pretty well. That's the decision for the voters to make. Not everybody's happy about it. I get it. But we're now back to this debate that seems to come up from time to time about the idea of term limits. A couple of city councilors, uh, Joe Meglioka. And Sean Hsu, I think Jeremy Farkas was, was uh, if not involved in this, very supportive of it, then pushing the idea of term limits on city council. Three terms, that's it. Then you got to go. Yeah, 12 years on city council is is a long time. Or what would be three terms? It used to be three years. But three consecutive terms, I think maybe to most people, it's like, well, okay, yeah, yeah that, seems, that seems like enough. And obviously there are people who have already served three terms and are still there or would be precluded from running in the next election if this were to be adopted. It was rejected yesterday at City Hall. And it sounds as though the debate around this was, was pretty tense. And the kinds of language being used uh, did not go over well. And maybe that's typical for, for some of the dysfunction at City Hall. I look at this and I say I'm of the opinion The term limits are a shortcut. I get that city council, when it comes to city council, incumbents do have a built-in advantage, at least in the system we have. And I think we can find different ways of leveling the playing field. But forcing somebody to not run again, taking that decision out of the hands of the voters, I think is an undemocratic shortcut. If you think that someone does not deserve to be reelected, then don't vote for them. Go out and make the case that people should vote for somebody else. That's how a democracy works. And if at the end of the day, the voters are happy enough with that person to reelect them, that's their decision. I find it interesting because Jason Kenney is poised to be our next premier, potentially, at least if, if we're to believe the polls. Uh, Jason Kenney is a very well-known and very successful politician, which is why he has done as much as he has in coming back to Alberta, winning a couple of leadership races, winning a by-election, and maybe even winning an election. The people in question here, Joe Magliocas, Sean Chu, Jeremy Farkas, are all supporters of of Jason Kenney, and and fair enough. Jason Kenney has got qualities that, that are admirable. But I do find it really strangely ironic that the people making the case for term limits are supporters of Jason Kenney. I mean, if if we accept the notion that politicians should be subject to term limits, then why was Jason Kenney allowed to win time and time and time again in his federal riding in Calgary, going back to 1997? then in 2000, then in 2004, then in 2006, then in 2008, then in 2011, then again in 2015, before moving on. Now, obviously the people in Jason Kenney's riding in Calgary felt that he was doing a good job. They liked having him as their MP. They made the decision to re-elect him and re-elect him in big numbers. And it becomes a partisan thing because conservatives who like term limits aren't really going to make the case for them when it's somebody they like who's being reelected. Conversely, I think there were probably people who don't like Jason Kenney who would have loved to have seen some term limits because they were probably sick of losing to him. Jason Kenney stood as a candidate and the voters decided, you know what, we like that guy. We're going to reelect him. We like having him as our MP. So it doesn't matter what you think about Jason Kenney. It doesn't matter what you think about Drew Farrell or Diane collier or whoever the politician in question is. A democracy is about people deciding who they want to represent them. And not everybody's going to agree. And we should hope that not everybody's going to agree. If you've got 100% of people voting for someone, then maybe you've got a problem. So if you want to get rid of certain people from city council, from the legislature, from the House of Commons, get involved. Get involved in a campaign, stand as a candidate, donate to a candidate, put signs on your lawn, get active, get involved. That's what a democracy, I think, is supposed to be about. Not about circumventing the process and putting in shortcuts that will keep people from, from being reelected, if that's what the people want. So hopefully now we can move on to more important business at City Hall I think there's a bit of grandstanding going on here that we can take shots at who we perceive to be career politicians. And again, that's it all comes down to, to who you like. If, if there's a politician you like, that person is experienced. If there's a politician you don't like, that person's a career politician. It's a very derogatory term, obviously. But I think there's, there's a bit of hypocrisy here. We live in a democracy. We're not always going to like the results Try harder next time. Anyway, let me know if you disagree. 403-974-8255. When we come back, following the 230 News, Tom Vernon joins us. He's following the story today. Of the latest ploy by the B.C. government to try to cause trouble for the trans mountain pipeline project uh, how seriously should we take this how seriously is the alberta government taking this rachel notley held a, a brief uh, news conference with reporters a short time ago so we'll get the latest on all of that more time for your calls and your texts as well at 974-8255 we're back with more right after this afternoons with rob Breckenridge starting at twelve thirty on news talk 770 calgary